Hi, everybody. Super glad to have you on Tribe Talk Live today. And uh, we're just letting everybody get in the room. Um, while, we're, while everyone's jumping in, uh, we'll go over a couple of things really quick just to make sure if you're new to our tribe that you kind of understand how to work all of this technology stuff. So on the bottom of your, of your Zoom screen, there's a little chat button. So if you have questions, uh, which, uh, you know, first of all, jump in and say hi so you can practice using it. Jump in and say hi, we wanna hear from you. We are a tribe, we're family. And I, and, uh, so, yeah, so I want, I want you guys to say hi. And then also put yourself on mute. If you're not already on mute, go ahead and mute yourself. This way, if the dog starts barking or your phone is ringing or something like that, it doesn't interrupt the conversation. Thank you, I see you guys finding your mute button, so don't forget to put yourself on mute. Hi, Jessica from Texas and Carol from St. Louis. Diane, hi Diane, and Ricardo says hi. Ricardo and Helen, Amanda, love you guys. Thanks for jumping in. Um, we're glad that you're here with us. This is our just our little time to have some coffee or tea and kind of connect. And uh, we have a really special guest uh, um, today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um, and let Anne lead into that with introducing her. Um, I guess the last thing I have is uh, just don't forget to keep yourself on mute. Um, and jump in and say hi. And we're gonna take the first part of the conversation today and we're gonna, we're just gonna kind of let the conversation flow, all right? So we don't have a particular agenda. Um, and then we're gonna roll into Q&A like we always do because we wanna make sure that if you're having concerns or you're having worries or you're having questions that we've got a team of professionals here so we can help you. Um, so, um, Anne is our lead nutrition coach and health coach. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and turn the mic over to Anne and she can go ahead and, um, and lead this discussion today. All right, thanks Dr. V and welcome again to everybody. We're so happy that you are joining us every uh, couple times a week for these Tribe Talks. We really love that you guys are here. We like the interaction. And uh, just a reminder, you know, that chat box down at the bottom, use that for your questions. As we go along, feel free to start entering questions in there as soon as you think of them. Um, and we'll kind of save them for the last half of, of Tribe Talk and try to get to all of your questions. So um, you don't have to wait until we call for questions later on. Start entering those as soon as you have them. So um, our guest today, we're so excited that she's here with us, Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Now she's leading by example. She lost a life-changing 100 pounds and she healed herself from chronic disease by addressing the root cause of her obesity and dysfunction, which is what we talk about doing all the time, addressing the root causes. Now this personal transformation for her, it caused a professional one as well. She left the OBGYN practice in 2011 and she pursued helping women heal with this revolutionary type of natural medicine. Now, Dr. Dunstan's been board certified in OBGYN for over 20 years and is fellowship trained 
in anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Wow, so we are so happy that you're here with us. Thanks for being here, Dr. Dunstan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just really excited to be here with the tribe and see what we can chat about that will help some people. Absolutely, and I was so impressed and inspired when I read your story. Tell us about that. I mean, I think that's a natural place for us to start. You're, you're a, a living example of taking control of your health and making the changes that you need to, to, to get your health back. Tell us kind of where that started for you and how you did that. Sure. So I'm board certified OBGYN and I had a thriving OBGYN practice for over a decade and uh, my health was really suffering. I weighed 243 pounds at one point. I suffered with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, which is where you have pain all over your body, depression, anxiety. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive and I looked and felt 20 years older than I was. And everything I knew as a board certified physician to figure out what was wrong and fix it wasn't finding anything wrong. All my tests were quote unquote normal. And I really just got to the point that I thought, this is what my life is going to be. It's just going to progressively get worse. And I didn't have any answers. So even though I was taking up space on the planet and breathing and putting one foot in front of the other, I, I really got to a very desperate and hopeless place where I thought, if this is what life is going to be, I don't know that I want to live it. And then through a series of miraculous events, I discovered this thing called functional medicine. And I started using it, using the special tests, reading my tests, instead of looking at, are they test results normal, but are they optimal? And even though I had checked my thyroid no less than 10 times and it was quote unquote normal, I discovered I had low functioning thyroid. So I started addressing that. Then I discovered I had low progesterone, started addressing that. And then I discovered salivary cortisol testing and I had a flatline cortisol. So I had severe adrenal fatigue and I started addressing that and so on and so on. And it was kind of like Hansel and Gretel following the breadcrumb trail that I would learn about something. I'd go to a conference, learn about a test, do the test, and then learn how to treat it naturally. And I actually worked with a naturopath early on to help me navigate this. And slowly but surely, the weight started coming off. My energy started coming back. My hair started coming back. I started feeling better. And after several months, I just, I was full-fledged in. I joined the fellowship program. And after two years, had lost 100 pounds off all prescription medications, fatigue gone, fibromyalgia gone, depression, anxiety. And I looked and felt 20 years younger. So of course, all my patients who are middle-aged women with the same problems are like, what are you doing? We want that. So I started doing it with them. And of course they had the same results. And so before long, I was telling all my GYN patients, well, my board certification says I need to give you this birth control pill or do this surgery, but you don't want that. You want to come see me on Monday and Wednesday when I do functional medicine <laughs> and we're going to check your hormone levels and do salivary cortisol testing and all of this. And I was just, funneling everyone because I find that when people are properly educated, they get it. They get that mainstream medicine is not addressing the cause of these problems and is just masking symptoms and they don't want that. 
Nobody wants that. And they want this greater idea of health for themselves. They want to uncover the root causes and treat them using natural treatments. And so I've never looked back. I retired from OBGYN in 2011, and I have done this full-time since. And, you know, my story becomes all of my patient's story. And um, it's just how we heal women is one at a time by realizing this truth. Wow, that's that is absolutely amazing. I, uh, as you were talking about your story, it totally reminded me of mine, and I think you know so many other um, uh, you know functional doctors out there that uh, when I was really sick, it it started out with you know one seminar or something I read that led me to my first seminar, and then I'm in there learning about you know thyroid function in a whole different way than I had ever, you know, understood it before. Then I understood about the foods and the gluten and how that affects the brain chemistry. Then the genetics, boy, that was like the big one for me when I went to that conference. But like, it took years for me to get better, but because it was one thing at a time, I never, I didn't have anybody to show me the whole picture. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like you kind of went down that same road too. Yeah. And, you know, I love it when I get to work with someone because I can say, you know, I had to figure all this out one piece at a time. It took me two years. It doesn't have to take you two years because I know how, what we need to do. I know what we need to look at. And just, you know, I'm sure you're aware just in that first interview, 90 minutes, I can get all the information and I go, this is an issue. This is an issue. This is an issue. This is what we need to look at and then really lay out a program. And when people follow it, they're, progress is so much speedier when they have a knowledgeable guide. And so I'm grateful for my journey because it led me to where I am. Um, and I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to help other women fast track it. They don't have to uh, popsicle stick it together. You know what I mean? Remember like in grade school, you used to make those little popsicle stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't have to figure it out themselves. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, this story also, I think can maybe, you know, lead into our conversation. I was just kind of thinking about something, um, Anne and Dr. Karen, you know, here we are talking about a struggle in our life where we thought is life even worth living. Um, you know, you have gone through that. I've gone through that. Um, and, uh, we've gone through some really scary times in our lives and we were able to pull through it. And, um, you know, walk into the fire that was our fears and our, and, and then that of the unknown and, 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 uh, you know, do we even have hope? How can we renew our hope? Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of people are, for, are, are fearful. Um, and, um, people who have already been struggling with their health, putting it on the back burner because work is more important or their kids are more important or everything else is more important. They're, um, I think, in particularly really fearful right now and maybe this is something we should talk about because you know guys for all of you here with us today we're here to help you we're here to be a pillar of strength for you we're here to give you some solid reasonable advice and and to really help teach you you know how we can all come out of this stronger than before better than before not just as an individual but as a collective unit um, and so you know maybe Maybe uh, that was by divine design to kind of lead us in that direction today. What do you think, Anne? I think so. I think um, 
you know, we've, we've talked about this for the past few weeks that now is the time to really try to gain control of your health. If you know you've been kind of spiraling out of control for, for the past few years, if you've struggled to find those real answers, um, you know, don't let what's happening now in our world put that on hold for you. You know, use this as an opportunity. You know, a lot of us have extra time at home right now to devote to ourselves and to self-care and to changing diet and cooking more and doing all those things that when you go to and see someone who specializes in functional medicine or holistic healing, those are the things they're going to tell you to do. Cook more, eat out less, do some exercise, make sure you're sleeping well and de-stressing. Now is the perfect time to start doing all those things and implementing some of those things. So I think you're exactly right. Now, you know, take advantage of this time to learn from the experiences that we're able to share with you and let us help you get started on that. So um, Dr. Karen, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, what are you seeing? Because I know that you're very involved with the communities. I know you've got your own talk show. Um, and, you know, what are you hearing uh, from people in regards to their fears? Um, and, um, and what, you know, let's just kind of get that, get that part of the conversation started. You know, what are you doing on your end with your tribe to help them and, you know, to help calm them and put them in a place of, you know, like logical thinking and detach from their emotions of fear? Um, yeah, just share, share with yeah. us more that. So um, I think it is very important with the current pandemic to keep in your rational adult mind, which is your, uh, you know, your forebrain. You want this part of your brain thinking, not this part, the reptilian brain, which is what hooks into the fear. So a couple things I'm sharing with people, and I had to realize this myself, because when I realized this really was a serious threat, um, I kind of went down the rabbit hole into fear a couple times. And what I realized made me go down that rabbit hole is things that hooked into that reptilian brain that's about survival um, and threats. And it really stops you from thinking with your conscious uh, human brain. And it was that I read stories about individuals that went into a lot of detail with horrific details. I looked at pictures that I really didn't need to look at. And I looked at a lot of people's opinions, people's opinions who had doctors and hospitals who had been dealing with this. And what I realized is that wasn't serving me. That was only going right to my reptilian brain hooking in. So I have a no policy on that. I only look at credible information from the CDC, my state government, and factual information from people I trust and sources I trust that educates me. And then once I'm educated and I have credible information, then I can make choices about how I want to respond instead of react. So I think for anyone listening, this is the first thing you need to do. Unhook, do not watch the news 24 hours a day. Do not have constantly negative news running all the time with every sway in the opinion and actions of what's going on that doesn't serve you. So stay in factual information and take credible action. 
that's the first thing. Um, and then, you know, I love Maya Angelou says something about um, fear and hope cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So pick one and take it with you. And I'm picking hope. And actually, uh, one of the things that really is helping me is when I get up in the morning, I set my mindset before I interact with the world. And I'm suggesting my tribe does this too. So I've been listening to a 21 day meditation series by Oprah and Deepak on hope. And so that's wonderful. You've got great meditations and really get centered in that every day. And then looking at what, what do I have control over? What don't I have control over? So with the virus, the number one thing that we have control over is don't get exposed to it. If you're not exposed to it, you won't get it. Now, some of us are going to get it. So the next thing is to make your health in the best position possible. And I think that a lot of people are reaching out to me on social media and emailing me and they, we kind of got caught with our pants down. Like we've been letting our health slide, putting it off, not taking care of the things we know to take care of. And now everyone's like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, my immune system's probably not up to par where it should be. If I get inoculated with this by someone, I'm probably going to get it. And I'm really worried that I'm going to have a severe illness. And it's not too late, right? So you can start taking steps to improve your health, improve what, it's all about health resilience right now. And so like Anne was saying, your home, hopefully your home, isolating yourself, what can you do? You can start eating better. You can start exercising. You can start meditating. You can start taking supplements and doing all the things you know you should have been doing. Go ahead and do them now because you can really improve your resilience and your immune system function so that you, you know, if you are inoculated with the virus, your body may not even get sick. Um, I've talked to a few people I know who have gotten sick and it, they said it was just a mild illness. It really wasn't a big deal. And um, then your body can handle it and take care of it. So get on top of that health resilience, resilience is really what I've been echoing uh, with my tribe is it's not too late, get on it now. I, I love the points that you made in that. And, and especially, I wanna talk about for a second the points you made about the media and about turning off the news and disconnecting from that. And, and that was my previous career. My, my background was in TV news. And yeah. so I have a little different perspective than a lot of people because you know, although TV and media is a, is a service to the public, it's also a huge business. And a lot of people don't realize that it's all about ratings. They want you to watch all day. They spin stories and give it its little, mm -hmm. you know, sensationalized twist to get you to keep watching and get you to keep coming back for more. And I agree with you 100%. We have to disconnect from that in a time like this, or else we will drive ourselves crazy watching for that next bit of breaking news or that next big story. And there will be one. The media is going to ride this for as long as they can, which will be weeks past today. So, so I love that bit of advice. I think that's so important. Disconnect. Disconnect from social media. You know, set a limit for yourself on how much time you allow yourself to be on social media every day and I love all the points you made about mindset and and it reminds me of, of something someone told me once before was set a morning routine for yourself do some of the things you mentioned like meditation you know I, I love the part you mentioned about hope, but, but it really does come down to our mindset change and just deciding that we are going to put ourselves in a better place, right? 
Yeah, I call it, um, you've got to have physical hygiene in terms of the virus, but you also need spiritual energetic hygiene. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of our, um, a lot of our, our people who are listening uh, right now with us live are women. And I love that your background as an OBGYN gives us a lot to talk about and, and address for the women that are here listening with us. And so I want to kind of go back to something you mentioned when you were talking about your story. Um, a lot of the women who come to us for help have been to countless other doctors in the medical world and haven't gotten the answers that they're looking for. And you touched on how with thyroid issues, you would get tests that said they were quote unquote normal. So talk about the difference between testing in the medical world and testing in the functional world and why that's so important that you get the proper kind of testing if you're dealing with some of these issues like you were. Yeah, it's so vital. And I thought I knew everything. So I would do a typical thyroid test. I'm thinking I'm tired. That's a sign of thyroid dysfunction. So I would do a thyroid panel. And right now there's no uh, standard of care for screening people in general for thyroid dysfunction. And if you have health problems like fatigue, there's only the standard to do just a TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone that the brain makes to tell the thyroid to work or a standard thyroid profile, which is just a few markers, some of which are calculated, and it doesn't look at the full range of thyroid function, which is something like eight different tests. So I kept checking it and it kept being normal, but what I know now as a functional physician is that normal is not optimal when it comes to your health. So normal is defined by what 95% of the population has. Well, we all know that most of us are not healthy. 60% of us are overweight or obese. And so those normal values in the lab are determined by the general population. So you're being compared to overweight or obese people who are not optimally healthy, and you're being told you're normal. Well, the average woman I asked, do you want to be compared to those people? No, they say. Or do you want to be compared to optimally healthy people who exhibit the best thyroid function possible? And they say, I want to be compared to optimal people. And when you compare your, you do the right test, you do the eight different parameters and you compare yourself to optimally healthy people. I find that most people, women who have fatigue, about 80% of them whose doctors told them their thyroid was normal. And then we do the right test and we read them the right way. They're actually hypo or low thyroid. And that was my case. So mainstream medicine is really concerned with what? They're all about what's the diagnosis? What drug do I need to give? What surgery do I need to do to, to control the symptom? And in functional medicine, I always say we're like toddlers. Why, 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 why? You know, if you have the symptom of fatigue, we're not so concerned with the diagnosis because a regular doctor will give you a diagnosis of chronic fatigue. And then like I was talking with another functional physician the other day and she was saying, once you have a diagnosis, it stops inquiry and discussion about why. And so we don't want that. We wanna know why do you have chronic fatigue? Is something going on with your thyroid? You know, and we look at that or cortisol or any of the other myriad contributors to making you tired. Um, and so we're more concerned with the why. And so in mainstream medicine, they look at your thyroid and do you have a disease is all they want to know. So if your TSH is between, you know, 0.5 and 5.5, that's considered quote unquote normal. Then they say, well, you don't have a disease. So you're, it's not your thyroid. But we know in functional medicine, if your TSH is above two, 
that you have low thyroid function. That means that your cells are not seeing adequate thyroid hormone on a minute by minute or second to second basis. And your cells depend on that metabolic regulator of information to, to know how to function and your thyroid's really your battery and it regulates your metabolic rate and tells your body how to burn your fuel sources for energy and your fuels are uh, glucose and fat. So if your cells aren't getting the signals then they are not burning fuel properly, then all your cells are not getting the property, proper energy nourishment to do what they need to do. Well, are you gonna be tired? Yes. So we look at your inactive thyroid hormone T4 and the free fraction, right? It only depends how much is available to your cells that they can use. And we look at the active form, your body has to convert T4 into active T3, that's your active thyroid hormone. And how, what are those levels? We also look at something like reverse T3, which is a form of T3 that your body can make, particularly when it's under stress and your cortisol, stress hormone has a problem. They can sit on the thyroid receptors and block normal thyroid hormone from being there. And we look at your antibodies to thyroid. Are you making antibodies? I see patients every day who have quote unquote normal thyroid function by a mainstream definition, meaning they don't have a disease but they have antibodies. Their immune system is making antibodies to their thyroid and attacking it. Now, eventually, if that's untreated in five, 10, however many years, they're gonna have a thyroid problem. Well, wouldn't you rather know that you're making antibodies years before? Because then you can do something about it and you don't have to go down that road. So I think thyroid is probably the best example we have in functional medicine to help people understand the difference between normal and optimal. And I explain this to women and they're like, wow, I totally get that. And then they get mad because they say, why doesn't my regular doctor know this? And I have to say, you know, I don't want to throw doctors under the bus because I practiced that way for years before I knew better. And like Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. Um, that's how they were trained. It's how I was trained. And when you're told you're board certified, you know all there is to know about women's health, right? You get contempt prior to investigation and you don't think that there's something you don't know. So all the doctors who practice this way, they had a health problem themselves and finally learned the truth or they had a loved one with a health problem and they were determined to get to the bottom of it. And then they became open to receive this information. And I think that's more and more of us. And really it is the medicine of the 21st century. Everybody's coming along, coming along, coming along. And I think this pandemic really is highlighting the inefficiencies in our current healthcare system. And the fact that we're really not talking to people about health resilience because health resilience is about health optimization, which is what functional medicine is about. And it's not about disease and symptom management with drugs and surgery. And so I think that it's really gonna start the conversation with everyone about what are we doing about our immune system function and the fact that our immune systems are really in the tank because our cortisols are messed up and we're suffering with these chronic lingering problems and we're not addressing the function of the body. So anyway, I, you can tell I get very excited about this and passionate, but I think the thyroid is a, is a great place to start. Absolutely, I love that. And I, what you say resonates with me because I was one of those women. I was one who went to my doctor and 
eventually I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but that was only after I did my own research and asked for specific testing and got those answers by really digging myself, which took time to do, but then I was able to really treat the real problem. And so a lot of women find themselves frustrated and then that same predicament that you mentioned. And something that you said there about diagnoses, I think really stands out because a lot of us, not just women, we become, we become stuck on a label and a diagnosis for what we have. And we sometimes can sit there in that place. And that really inhibits healing when you stay stuck on a diagnosis like fibromyalgia and some of those other, you know, autoimmune conditions. Why, why is it so important, you know, mindset wise to look past that label or that diagnosis? I think you mentioned hope earlier and a lot of people lose hope that there's actually a way to treat those conditions. Yes. And, you know, when we get a diagnosis, we really have this mentality in our culture that our health is determined by our genes. So we have genetic determinism. I'm going to have it because my mother had it. And that when we get a disease that it's some kind of mysterious problem that just came into our lives that we had nothing to do with creating. And unfortunately, the truth is that there's always a reason that we have health problems. Genetics is probably five or 10% of it. And the rest really has to do a lot with our lifestyle, including the things we know about and the things we don't know about. So chemicals that are coming into our bodies that we're not aware of, that no one's telling us about, that we need to divest ourselves of. Um, nutrient insufficiencies that we have because of these toxicities where our body is really not getting appropriate micronutrients like vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients, to nourish ourselves, you know, the body wants to naturally heal itself. If you cut yourself, it wants to heal. Same things going on all over, but it doesn't heal itself when it doesn't have the proper resources to do so. And when something's interfering. And so those are the two places we need to look at. And when you get this diagnosis, which, you know, Chronic uh, fatigue is just a symptom diagnosis. Irritable bowel syndrome is a symptom diagnosis. Fibromyalgia is a symptom diagnosis. And you know, we mainstream doctors will say, oh, you've got fibromyalgia. And it's almost like a death sentence because anyone who goes on the internet and reads about fibromyalgia is like, oh my God, I'm gonna have this forever. I'm never gonna get better. And they feel like it's doomsday and it cuts off all hope. And when you don't have hope, you don't even have the motivation to take initiative on your own behalf to research what else is out there. And you sometimes have to dig pretty deeply to find that there's a reason you have fibromyalgia. There's a reason you have irritable bowel. These are just diagnoses that mainstream doctors use because it basically means we don't know what's going on, why you have what you have. And we don't have a drug to treat it. And because that's all they're concerned about. Or we have this drug that you know might help your symptom, but it's not looking at the underlying why people have this. So I say I love irritable bowel, I love fibromyalgia, I love chronic fatigue because that's where functional medicine shines, right? Because we can just dig and we can start figuring out. And for me, the categories of where these problems come from that cause these symptoms, these are just symptoms, are hormone imbalance, toxicity, micronutrient deficiency, and mental, emotional, spiritual, or energetic imbalance. So I go systematically through those and I start looking at the seven major hormone metabolic drivers and where our imbalance is here. 
looking at the toxicities. Do you have biologic toxicities from viruses, bacteria, um, fungi, molds, uh, whatever these um, organisms are? Or do you have chemical stressors that are causing inflammation, heavy metals or petrochemicals or these types of things? And then looking for the micronutrient deficiencies. And also a huge part of what I do, speaking about hope, is help people to understand that you have this energetic body that's larger than your physical body that can be measured and you can access it through acupuncture, but it also relates to the intangibles of your health, your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And so you have to have an energetic holding pattern to have any physical dis-ease or imbalance in the body. So I help people to understand that and learn how to work with it and divest themselves of the toxic thoughts that they're thinking, like fear, anger, resentment, jealousy, guilt, these all negative emotions are proven to affect your health through your adrenal glands and your cortisol. So we got to clean that up too and not only detoxify the physical body, but detoxify the energetic body. Um, so there's so much, when you discover functional medicine, your hope go for your disease diagnosis that maybe you've been fixated on goes from really zero to about a hundred in a matter of seconds. Um, once you're educated about how the body works, and you understand that you've got these imbalances causing it. There's always a reason why. And if you can find the reason, you can fix it, and then you can improve that symptom diagnosis. So irritable bowel, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, all these symptom diagnoses, there's so much hope to be had. And I hope that, um, that uh, all of you listening did not miss the part when Dr. Kieran was talking about mindset and your thoughts and your, you know, and, and the energetic field uh, that you're creating with those thoughts. Because right now, we all need to be working on that. We all need to be working on that. Whether you are um, practicing your butterfly hug, which is the exercise that we posted into our Facebook group, um, or you're practicing some yoga breath therapy or some different types of breathing techniques, um, or you're putting on some little you know, meditation videos um, where you can just like lay down and close your eyes and listen, to, listen as they take you through this you know, an interactive meditation writing in your gratitude journals. These are things that, you know, we've never, and I'm not saying, when I say we, I don't mean me necessarily, um, but I used to be this way, but I mean like as a collective. I think that we don't give it enough emphasis. We don't really believe in general how powerful that our thoughts are. Our thoughts are so, so powerful. And, you know, we could get into a whole nother discussion about that, but, so, you know, when Dr. Dunstan and Anne talk about detoxing from TV and detoxing from social media and not watching that, you know, not uh, and being aware of where your thoughts are taking you and choosing to go in the other direction, choosing to go in the direction of hope, choosing to look at the positive sides of everything. Right now, that is one super important aspect of getting your health under control. It really is. And I just want to add something, you know, a lot of people have heard of the law of attraction, they've seen the secret, but what they don't realize is that 
the law of attraction is working in you all the time. And so one fearful thought begets another fearful thought begets another fearful thought. And so when you get hooked into that, it's funny because as I've been on this journey of health creation, um, my whole hygiene around my energetic self, my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs has changed. Like I don't even own a TV anymore. I don't have cable. Um, I do have those live, the stream apps, not live. So I don't watch the commercials um, because those really are telling me there's something wrong with me. I need to buy something. And I don't want that in my consciousness. Um, but you're, the law of attraction is attracting. So if you are thinking fearful thoughts, you're attracting more things to be fearful about and more information like that. So, you know, I was talking on a podcast yesterday that's primarily very religious people. And so he, the host was saying that he had a lot of people reaching out to him in so much fear. And we were both saying that, you know, now's the time to prove to yourself that you are a faithful person. And so what are you going to focus on, faith or fear? You can't can't do both. You either got to have faith and go with that and stick with it and do all the practices that help you, whether it's reading um, spiritual or religious material, uh, reciting prayers, praying and meditating, being in a virtual community with other around that, um, but really divesting yourself and, and, and disconnecting from those things um, that increase your fear. So it's so key right now. It really is. And, and, and that's so true. And, and we believe what we feed our mind. So the more negative things we feed our mind, the more fear we build, the more positivity, the more hopeful thoughts we have, that fear kind of dissipates. And um, I want to get to some questions. So we're, we're starting to have some questions pop up here in the chat box. So if anyone has any, start putting those in there. But this first question comes from Carol. Um, and she's asking how to best address consistently high cortisol levels. So if you have consistently high levels, is I guess that's what she's asking. Yeah, so that's the stage one of adrenal dysfunction. So in response to stressors, and stressors come in three main categories. Number one is psychosocial stressors, right? The thoughts we think, the feelings we have, lifestyle, interpersonal psychosocial things. That's number one. Number two is blood sugar stress. So that's if you're eating high sugar or high fast carb meals and you're on what I call the blood sugar roller coaster, your blood sugar is going up and down, you're getting hangry, right? That's blood sugar stress. And then the third are chemical and biologic stresses like we talked about toxins and other biologics like viruses and bacteria. Um, so those are the three categories of stressors. And so in response to a stressor, your body will start raising up the cortisol levels it might just raise it and you have a diurnal variation of your cortisol. It's higher in the morning. It's kind of like starting your car takes a lot more cortisol and then it comes down throughout the day, evens out. And then at nighttime, it has to go really low for you to go to sleep. Um, and what your body will do is start raising up cortisol levels throughout the day. And then eventually you get to this. I've seen people that their cortisol is sky high all day long and it never goes down and we call this a superwoman phase you don't need sleep you don't need to eat you just go 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 and so if that's you you've got to address one why is your body so stressed out what are the chemical and biologic stressors what are the blood sugar stressors and what are the psychosocial stressors and you've got to start eliminating those you know, if you have a mold problem and you're not aware of it, that could be the issue. Do you have mold in your house? So 
you've got to start investigating that and testing your home. And you can be tested to see if you have a mold problem. Do you have candida, a fungi in your gastrointestinal tract that's, that's triggering your cortisol to always be high? You've got to look throughout the body to find these chemical and biologic stressors. Are you on the blood sugar roller coaster? And you know if you're getting hangry that you are on it. And then you've got to cut the sugars out. Cut out the fast carbs, right? Bread, pasta, white rice, white potatoes, and start eating a more whole foods, low carb diet to get off that blood sugar roller coaster so you're not hangry. And then looking at the psychosocial stressors. And so with any stressor that's in your environment, you've got to ask yourself, well, okay, my mother's sick. Um, she's elderly. I have to care for her. So I tell people, I take them through an exercise of of how to handle this. So number one, can you get rid of that stressor? Well, no, you can't get rid of your mom, right? Most of us aren't gonna do that. So number two, can you change the stressor so that it's not stressful? So um, are there things that you could do, like maybe get enlist other siblings to help, other family members? Maybe there are other resources in the community, like with my mom, she's starting with early dementia. So um, she's living with my sister, and so it was too much for her to be there all day while my sister's working from home. So she got her to go to a daycare every day so then she could get some help and support around that so she interacts with other adults. So what can you change about the situation so it's not all on you? And then lastly is can you change how you think about and feel about the situation? I had a patient who she was the only one who could help with her mom. And so she started reframing instead of constantly feeling, oh my God, I'm, I'm the only one responsible. I don't have anyone to help me. This is a burden, right? What does that create in her? Negative emotion, negative feelings of hopelessness, and that spikes her cortisol. So she started reframing it. I get to take care of my mom. It's a blessing that she's still alive. Look at all the gifts because she really did enjoy the time when she was with her mom. Um, and so really focusing on what she was grateful for about it. And that started shifting her whole interaction. And so you may not be able to get rid of it. You may not be able to change it, but can you change the way you look at it? And Ilie Wiesel, who uh, wrote Man's Search for Meaning, he was in the concentration camps, talks about that, that our, really the, the, the power that we have lies in our ability to determine how we will think about what's happening to us and what's going on in our lives. And that it's not outside circumstances causing us to feel a certain way. It's how we're choosing to think about it. And that is your real power. And so changing that, um, I think it's become very kind of almost chic to be, you know, to be overworked. Oh, I have so much to do. It's like a status symbol. I work a hundred hours a week and everybody depends on me. And I see this with a lot of women. It's, it is our stat. And I am a mother and a wife and I have to take care of everyone else. And it's like being self, self-sacrificing is some kind of metal. Um, but I, I mean, I bought into that for a long time because I thought it was the choice that I had to make. Uh, almost like I had to earn my right to be on this planet. And then when I woke up, I realized I'm not helping anybody by doing this. Um, and so you can kind of wake up when you choose and say that, you know, giving till it hurts 
doesn't serve anyone else and doesn't serve me. So I can cut back, set boundaries. That's huge for people, especially women set boundaries and no is a complete sentence and give what I can give from my full bucket and out of love and then do what I do from a place of, not of obligation, but a place of uh, wellness and beneficence. And um, it's, it's such a greater way to live. And your body thanks you by healing your cortisol. So if your cortisol's up, 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 you've got to look at those, where are you getting the stressors and then fix them. But then you've also got to give your adrenals what they need. So we use adrenal adaptogens. Those are herbal products, things like Eleuthero and Rhodiola and Ashwagandha that are proven to help the body bring that cortisol down and soothe it and tell your body, everything's okay, you're gonna be okay. Um, and when you do that kind of comprehensive program, it, it really, really helps to balance people out. Great I question. You made some great, great points there. And I think a lot of women can resonate with what you're saying and relate to what you're saying. I found myself in that same place of wanting to be a super mom, having the career, working more than full time every week, but also <laughs> baking cupcakes for the class and volunteering here and doing that and always looking great in the process, always having hair and makeup. And we run ourselves ragged doing these things. And we need to realize that we do not have to do that. It's okay to say no. That's so hard for some people to say no. It was hard for me to do. But a lot of women are asking, how do I do that? How do I do what you just said? Where do I start? How do I, what should I implement to start making those changes? Because it's hard to do all of those things that you said at once, and it is. But where does someone start? <laughs> I think you start with writing and inventorying where you are. Uh, looking at where you are. So I had a patient one time, um, and we kind of were at this point because you know, with functional medicine, it does require an investment of your time to do the work to, to straighten these things out. And so she was really struggling with, with some of the practices. And uh, we kind of sat down and talked about, okay, what does your daily life look like? So start writing out. So I have people do an exercise where they have a, a 15 minute increment calendar on a piece of paper and write out right now where you're spending your time, including if you spend 15 minutes, you know, bitching to your neighbor a day, you need to put that on your, there, bitch to neighbor, right? <laughs> Everything that you do, where you spend your time and then add up where you're spending your time and do a tally. Okay. I spend this many hours a week sleeping. I spend this many hours commuting, this many hours taking care of my kids, right? Everything, this many hours with work. And when I first did that, if you had asked me, I would have told you, I don't really watch TV. <laughs> but back when I did this first exercise, when I saw in black and white that I actually was spending several hours a week watching TV, it was a real reality check. So you got to get honest with yourself. And then look at the things that you're doing and see what you're doing that somebody else could be doing. So with this one woman, she had three teenage daughters in her house, right? Not one, not two, but three. And yet, and still, she was doing all the grocery shopping, all the meal prep, all the cleanup <laughs> around meals. She had three daughters in their teenage years who were fully capable of assisting with these tasks and actually who need to learn how to do these things. They need to learn how to cook. They need to learn how to shop and plan a meal. 
So we, when we talked about it, I, I, I don't know, and I, I love to use inquiry and ask questions. So, so I'm just curious why, you know, do you think your daughters need to learn this? Do you think they could help you? And she, you know, it just wasn't in her mindset. She thought it was her responsibility to do this. So after we talked about it, she came to the realization, wow, I'm actually depriving my daughters of contributing to the household and learning useful, valuable skills that they're going to need by my control, feeling like I have to control all this and do it myself. And so once she really got this, she said, so I asked her, well, what are you going to do about it? She said, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make up a chore chart and I'm going to assign on a rotating basis who's responsible. You know, one day one person's going to be responsible for planning the meal. We'll do the grocery shopping as a group and then they'll They'll be responsible and they can delegate to their sisters. Well, bam, an hour a day dropped into her lap extra so she can go take do self-care. So I think you start with doing a reality check. And I love writing exercises. I love the calendaring exercise. And then really also writing down what you value in what are your values. And then looking at where how you're living and are you living your values are you living someone else's values and what do, do does your time management show about because where you spend your time is what you value and so if you're watching tv like i saw several hours when i would have told you i didn't watch it at all am i valuing entertainment on tv well that's not one of my primary values so then how do you want to move your life into alignment with your values because if you're living outside of your values that creates friction and resistance and and your cortisol is going to uh, exhibit that and feel that so i think that's a great place to start and you don't have to change everything you know for me ultimately my health was so in jeopardy. I don't know where I would be if I hadn't discovered functional medicine. I also worked with a life coach to help organize all this. And now I've become trained in life coaching so I can help my clients with this because I really, my life was so out of balance. Um, and I really had to work to get it back into balance. And, you know, fast forward, I discovered this in 2008. It's 2020. I don't own a TV. <laughs> you know, I'm very selective about the programs that I do watch um, to make sure they're in alignment. And my, my life is very focused around um, a connection with something greater than myself. And that means meditation and prayer and journaling and communing with like-minded people um, to support each other on this journey. And it doesn't, you know, you don't do this overnight. Um, you do it over however long it takes you but really evaluating is my life my life I used to wonder like whose life is this because <laughs> this isn't my life I'm just a participant and I'm being used so severely and I couldn't get in my head that I set it up this way and so I had to take a minute and this is a great, I think the uh, social distancing or physical distancing is so vital. I, I call it a spiritual timeout. We're all having a freaking spiritual timeout. So use this time, this break from your life to look at what your life is like. Is it supporting you and nourishing you or is it draining the heck out of you and what you're going to do about it? 
Wonderful. I love that. I love that idea of the exercise, writing things down. I think seeing things on paper is really helpful to kind of help you grasp your situation. And um, we're talking about cortisol. We have a couple of other questions that have come in. Um, let's see, pertaining to cortisol. Steph is asking how to help fix high cortisol after 8 p.m. and low cortisol in the mornings where it's difficult to wake up before 10 a.m. without caffeine. Right, so that sounds more like a stage two adrenal dysfunction. So stage one is all your levels are high. And then what happens is your body can't maintain that level of output. So your levels start dropping and they drop unevenly and sounds like your morning cortisol is really low. And like I said, it needs to be high and your cortisol isn't coming down at night when you need to sleep. So that's a stage two dysfunction. And so the beauty about adrenal adaptogens, these herbals that we talked about, is that they work to fix everything. If you're high, they bring you down. If they're low, you bring them up. And it's not like a drug where you have to take it when your cortisol's high or you have to take it when your cortisol's low. You just take them daily at whatever time and they're in your body and they start. So these are informational products. These plants speak to your body cells in a language that we don't understand, but they understand, right? And they speak to each other and they say, calm it down when it is too high and bring it up when it's too low. Um, I would say avoiding caffeine is key, although I know you probably want caffeine in the morning, but ultimately that just depletes your cortisol more. It jacks up your epinephrine, norepinephrine, and your cortisol after you drink it and you feel great, but then that crash makes it worse in the end. So if you can forego the caffeine, you'll do better in the long run. Um, and taking these adaptogens is key and fixing, just like for the high cortisol, you got to fix the reasons why your cortisol is wonky in the first place. Blood sugar stress, get off the blood sugar roller coaster. Chemical biologic stress, get the chemicals out, get rid of the infections um, and the psychosocial things that we talked about. Great yeah. question. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and that's spot on. Um, you know, don't forget that when you have a symptom, um, yes, there are like cell signaling botanical compounds like what Dr. Karen's talking about, and they work amazing, but that's going to be a crutch and it's not going to work for long term mm -hmm. if you don't figure out what's causing it in the first place. Right. You know, wh whenever you're using these types of compounds to support the adrenal, whether you need to help amp it up a little bit or you need to, you know, calm it down, you know, these are not designed for long term use. And, and, uh, and some people will find out about them and they'll get on them and they're on them for, you know, six months and then their adrenals really have a lot of problems. Like they'll be feeling good, feeling good. Oh, this is great. This is great. I'm feeling good. And all of a sudden they crash worse than they have ever crashed before. And so you really want to figure out what's going on and start addressing the underlying causes because taking a supplement to address the symptom is to say is the same as taking a pill for an ill. It's the same mentality. So yes, we can, you know, we can like guide you and there are things that you can take to help support the adrenals, but that's temporary while you figure out what the underlying cause is. Perfect. Let me get to this next question from Laura. She's asking about MTHFR. Now, if a doctor suspects she has that gene disorder, is it vital to be tested for that? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. So you want to get tested for that. And, and it is important. You know, there's some things that could be going on that you can kind of tell that you, you think that you have it. But I think that having information is power. Um, and so it really empowers you. And if you do have a defect there, um, then there's certain things that you need to start doing for your health. Like you might notice, so I have a defect in my MTHFR. Um, and I do, I have another interview starting in a few minutes. So I'm going to need to get off in a second. But um, so you want to, you'll need more B vitamins. And so what can happen is that your whole cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine system, once it gets revved up, you may have trouble unrevving it. So, you know, it's funny because when I discovered that I had a genetic defect there, it's like, well, no wonder when I get upset, I can't calm myself down because that's one of the symptoms of it. Like I would just get up and I couldn't, couldn't get back down. So there are things that you can do to calm that system down and give it the nutrients that it needs to heal it. But then also, once you know that, you know that there's not something emotionally wrong with you. It's a physical uh, situation. Um, and it, it can be important to know that. And any doctor can do the test. Just ask them, tell, I want gen tell them I want genetic testing for MTHFR and, and they can give you the results. Um, and so absolutely, I would just ask for that. It's a standard test done at standard labs that you can um, get tested for. Wonderful. Well, I, yeah, I, we know you have to go. And, yeah. and I just, I just want to say thank you for being on with us today. You're, a, you're an amazing light. And I just, I love you dearly. Um, wow. You know, I remember when you, when you reached out to me and we got connected and I was on your show and, and um, you know, we're here for you in any way that we can help to. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if you want to come back on, you're welcome to come back on at any time. Our door is always open for you. Well, same here. Thank you so much for having me and sharing me with your community. It's just a pleasure to be here. You are a light as well, and you do so much good for people, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. So you all be safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Everybody listening, thank you for blessing us with your presence. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Bye. So, so for those of you who are still on, we can finish answering a few questions. We've got a little bit of time here. Um, and I wanted to jump in on the, on the MTHFR because um, as you know, those of you who know me know, I, I really geek out in the whole genetic realm. Uh, one of our other coaches, Ashley, she does that too, Dr. Ashley, and she's not here with us today, but let me just touch just a little bit on that. And I'm looking for the question because there was something that you said that I want to address. All right. So, your doctor suspects that you have the MTHFR disorder. Let me just start right there. Let's put the brakes on. You do not have a disorder. Even if you have a SNP or a variant or a mutation, whatever you want to call it in that gene, you do not have a disorder. So, let's grab that label, crumble it up, and throw it out the window because there's no disorder there. There are many people do, who do have variants. Um, you know, you can call it a mutation, a SNP, a variant. There's lots of different terms for it. But that's a part of our evolution. It's a part of how we change, right? So that the human race can survive. And while we might see it right now as something negative, you know, 30 years from now, we're going to see how it turned us into more superhuman people. Um, and so, but I just want to discuss that. 
MTHFR is just one of many methylation genes. Methylation genes are super important in the body because they are responsible for helping to drive over 250 different chemical reactions in the body, including your ability for detoxification, your ability to be fertile and be able to get pregnant and carry a baby through, through term. Um, it helps regulate your thyroid function, other metabolic function. It helps you to regulate how your liver processes um, cholesterol. It regulates um, how your body makes and breaks down certain brain chemicals like dopamine and serotonin. I mean, it does so many different things. And um, oftentimes when people um, have uh, an MTHFR mutation, uh, well, whether they have that or not, a lot of times they do have um, mutations in their other methylation genes too. And so looking at just MTHFR, I'm telling you right now, it's not enough of the picture. That's like if you buy a 50-piece puzzle or a whatever size puzzle, my son just bought a thousand-piece puzzle that he and the kids are working on, and you, and, and you just, you know, you buy the whole puzzle and you get one piece. You can't see the whole picture. It makes no sense to just do an MTHFR test. If you want to learn more about genetics testing, um, you know, let us know, um, um, and, and, and we can get on and we can do a whole talk about methylation testing. I can take you through the whole thing. I can show you what genetics testing looks like, and, and I can show you how you address that stuff. The good news is that by understanding what your genes are showing you, that's your operations manual. And so it shows you what to do. We have 95% control over how our genes work for us, right? So um, I just wanted just to touch on that um, so that, you know, because I don't want you thinking that you might possibly have an MTHFR disorder because that is absolutely not true. Even if you have a mutation, there is not a disorder involved with that. It just shows us that you probably need some more methylfolate. And again, we want to look at a much bigger picture. And do we have any other questions? We do. This one is from Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Now, she just learned that she has mold and chemical toxins. She meditates. She's addressing the psychological things. Can the toxins be the cause of her super high cortisol? And she says it's top of the charts all day long. Oh, yes, absolutely. It totally can. So your cortisol is your stress release hormone. Um, and, and it gets released from your adrenal glands, which are like two little tiny glands that sit on top of your kidneys. And uh, they're the alarms, right? So, um, so there can be a lot of different causes of high cortisol. And uh, just like Dr. Kieran mentioned, uh, it could be like a psychological reason that you're, you know, uh, you, you know, you're in a stressful relationship, you're in a stressful job, um, and just like mentally, you just feel stressed out all the time. Or it could be from a chemical toxin in your body, or a mycotoxin in your case, mold. Um, uh, Dr. Tori, do you have anything to add to add into that? I think you, you know, you really hit on it. But knowing Lauren and knowing a little bit of her background, I would say. There's definitely um, high toxic exposure that can really be playing a, a part. And I know when I did testing on myself when I was really sick, my cortisol looked like you know it was through the roof, and then the next test it was bottomed out. And so you kind of go through that. But the key to it isn't addressing the cortisol as much as it is removing these interferences and these toxins. That is truly the key. Um, you can support the adrenals with ashwagandha and rhodiola all you want, but if you don't fix the root cause 
it won't, it won't ever get better. Yeah. So the, the, uh, whenever somebody has Lauren, whenever somebody has really high cortisol and it's going through the roof, yes, we can take the fire extinguisher and we can, and we can help keep it at bay and we can, you know, put the fire out, but the fire is going to keep coming back if we don't address the underlying issue. You know, those are your alarms going off going, Oh my God, Oh my God, there's something going on. There's something going on. Right. So, um, but it's, it's fixable. Look, all the stuff is fixable. It just takes time and we've got to look at the entire puzzle. We got to look at everything. And that's why we do so much testing because we're not going to leave any stones unturned. You know, look, we have been able to uncover things that none of the other doctors have found. We've ended up seeing people who have spent $100,000 over the course of five years going to the top specialists, Mayo Clinic, and all these places. And I'm not saying that those are not amazing places, but I'm just saying that they missed looking, you know, they missed what was really going on because they weren't doing all the testing. And so, um, you know, once you start asking why, 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 like Dr. Kieran said, I loved how she said that. Um, once you start asking all the whys and you start looking under every stone and finding the answers, then we can start addressing the stuff. And so that's such a good question. Um, such a good question, Lauren. And if you have any others, throw it in there. What else do we have, Anne? That was it, unless someone wants to chime in with a few more questions. We did, someone did ask if they can watch this again. And yes, we want to remind you that we post these to our Crusaders for Health Facebook page. If you haven't joined yet, go and join the group. All of our talks will be posted in there weekly so you can go back and watch. Um, we do have a question from Tracy. So Tracy is finding that morning vitamin C supplementing is disrupting sleep at night. Is this due to detox or energizing my body too much? That's interesting. Um, let me think about that for a minute. So you're taking it in the morning. I'm curious what else is in it. Is there anything else in it? besides like maybe vitamin C and bioflavonoids, you know, maybe it's fortified or not fortified. That's the wrong word, but you know, maybe it's compounded with something else. Um, if you, if you know that, let me know. Um, but vitamin C can cause, um, it can, can help with detox pathways. So you know, maybe it could. And Tori, if you have anything to add into that, let me know. Uh, you know, vitamin C is, is, a, is a necessary cofactor for a lot of different chemicals in your body, brain chemistry production, um, and a whole bunch of other things. And so I'm wondering, is, is that the only variable that's changed? So that's going to be another question that I would want to know. A, is the vitamin C, um, um, compounded or mixed with anything else. Uh, number two, what dose are you taking? Um, you know, because if you're up at like therapeutic doses right now, I would say that it could be causing kind of like a downstream effect of some um, uh, biological shifting and changes in your body, including detox. Um, and so, you know, I'd want to know that. Um, and then also, did anything else change? Are you taking any other supplements? I noticed that, uh, so I've been really upping my supplements with a lot of the recommended ones that we put in our newsletter on coronavirus last month or in the end of February. Um, if you guys missed it, you can go into our website, 
click on articles or blogs and you'll find the coronavirus article and we recommend um, different supplements in there um, and we even show the science behind why we're recommending them um, but uh, you know I've been upping my iodine my selenium um, and uh, and a couple of other different minerals and I noticed when I was taking them at night I wasn't sleeping as well and uh, and so I just shifted it to the morning and now I'm not having a problem and remember like a lot of minerals um, you know are also like cofactors with a lot of chemical reactions so it was doing something obviously something that was good for my body I just needed to shift and take it in the morning um, what else do we have anybody else um, that is all the questions. We have a couple of suggestions, possibly doing a, a session on when to take vitamins and which not to take together and, and what type of vitamin or supplement regimen to get on. And they could go back and watch one of the other talks we did. Didn't we do a talk on, on supplements recently? I think we did. Um, when to take which vitamins and which not to take together to make sure that they're away from food. But we didn't get into that exact mm -hmm. topic. So yeah, we could do that. Um, if you want to maybe write that down and we can try to get that into our lineup, or maybe we can, you know, add something extra and do a Facebook Live on that at some point, because that's a really good question. Um, you know, sometimes it just works better to take some in the morning. Typically, when it comes to vitamins, you're okay to take any of them with food. In fact, some of them um, better to take with food because they can kind of give you a little bit of a nauseated feeling if you take them without food. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, like some some a little better in the morning because if you take them at night, it can keep you awake. So, yeah, I think we could probably cover a good twenty or thirty minute, maybe a Facebook Live or something on that. So, thanks for asking that. I think that's all of our questions. Awesome. Oh, is it okay to take vitamins with HCL? You should be able to take your vitamins with HCL. There shouldn't be a problem there. Now, there are some things that HCL will break down uh, that, you know, won't be as effective. Um, so, uh, B12 is one that can be affected if you have a certain genetic mutation. Um, there's, so there's a, I don't remember which one that is off the top of my head. I wonder if that's a TCN1, I don't remember, but there is a, a genetic variant. And if you have that variant, then you're not producing the, uh, the protective substance in your saliva that helps to protect the B12 when it hits the stomach and therefore it'll kind of like annihilate it. And so B12 is one of them off the top of my head. Um, and, and therefore B12 works really well as a sublingual, right? Uh, you know, especially if you don't know if you have that genetic mutation or not, the B12 is a really good one to take sublingually. Um, and, then, uh, and then you have, you know, other compounds that are not necessarily vitamins that you, you know, that do better in a liposomal form um that you can take um but yeah we should totally do a whole talk on that i think that that that'll be awesome thank you so much for being on with us everybody um we're super excited to have you on with us every week and we're glad that you're getting so much value out of this and uh yeah can't think of anything else bye everyone <laughs>